Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dead Rock Stars with Mick Wall and Joel McIver. Oh, I am falling in love with that woman's voice. Well, welcome everyone once again to an episode of Dead Rock Stars. Dead in Rock which, Stars. Dead Rock Stars! Uh, in which I, John McIver, and my dear friend Mick Wall discuss the lives and loves of rock stars no longer with us. So, Mick, what the hell are we doing today? I thought you were doing this bit. Well, I can continue <laughs> doing this bit. I just felt sorry for you sitting over there. Oh, no, pretty. no, hang on, hang on. That bit comes at the end, does it? <laughs> Ian, the producer, has taken time away from doing his quaff yes. to give us uh, some uh, pages. That is such I'm, a nice quaff. I'm, I'm guessing we're not reading anything at this point. We're just going straight into it. Yeah, let's just do that yeah. later, shall we? Shall we? Right, can you keep or the first we reading? part? Can do the first part? Right, so up until I said, Mick, what the hell are we doing today? Okay, go. No, no, keep it all. People don't tune in to listen to the fucking rubbish. They just want to hear us wittering. <sighs> If they want to do that in Google on Wikipedia, Little can't they? in Sussex. You know. So, Mick. Yes. What are we up to today? Well, today. Today, Joel. Today, mate. We're going to look at a guy. Kind of a cool guy. <laughs> uh, a dead guy, inevitably. Uh, yeah. Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Now, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, did I not, when we were talking about the late Cliff Burton, that I thought of Cliff as perhaps the person who's had uh, most of his potential in his life taken away most cruelly, most pointlessly. And I also said that I thought the only sort of parallel really to that was Randy Rhodes. You did. I don't know if anybody agreed with you, but uh, I do remember world. you saying that. Yeah, I think I'm right. <laughs> In the rock star world, I you don't know, know who, who's no, had no. as many decades of life taken away needlessly and unexpectedly as well. As Rand, Randy died at 25, yeah. A lot of people died at 27, so I'd say you're stretching the point a little, okay. Yeah. Nonetheless, 25, Jesus, what a terrible early age to go with so much to do. He only done two albums with the great Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. Uh, do you know how many albums he'd done with Quite Right before that? Was it one? I've no idea, to be honest with you. I thought they sucked. Well, that may be so, but, you know, we've got to start somewhere, haven't we? Let's start at the beginning. No, no, I mean, in all our careers. I mean, if you look at the stuff I wrote when I was 19 or 20, I mean, totally sucked. You're completely right. And actually, this, uh, as per usual, we have to frame this in the context, don't we? Of someone who's very young, didn't get much done in their time on earth. You know, the stuff they did then, were they alive now, they'd look back and say, that was kid stuff. In in fairness, on the quiet riot point, I think the fact that Randy was in the band added... So much to them at the right. time he was with them. It was through that that they got their deal with that Japanese label. Yeah, Joe, yeah. Pretty I mean, sure he yeah. did play on an album. Yeah. You see, we must have spent well, all of three minutes researching this. But um, 
so I, I wouldn't denigrate his stuff with them at all. I mean, I think mm. he legitimised what went on to become a fairly second-rate group, really. Um, <laughs> That's high praise. Possibly third-rate, but nevertheless a multi-selling third-rate. Mm. You know, But we're going off on a tandem As here. per. So um, why don't we get down to the, the real story, which is of a, a young, studious... Yeah, prodigy. Classic prodigy, prodigy really. Totally a prodigy. His yeah. mother was a music teacher. Dolores. I think his father, on his father's side, there was a lot of musical stuff as no well. No doubt, no doubt. And this boy grew up, as you say, prodigiously talented and from a very early age, great at classical, but was a big rock fan. Yes. Um, I remember talking to his brother. Kelly Rhodes. Yes. And Kelly uh, was telling me about the, he took Randy to the first show they ever did together, yeah. uh, ever saw together, which was David Bowie at the Santa Monica Civic With in Mick 19... Mick Ronson on guitar. Mick Ronson on guitar. And he said that's entirely where Randy copped his whole kind of image and look. The white Les Paul. The white Les Paul, the blonde hair, and also this thing that Rono used to do. He'd hit a chord on his guitar, yeah. but then he'd he'd walk around the stage with his right hand in the air and his left hand on the fretboard. <laughs> I don't know how it went that fast, Joel. This is pre-shredding metal, guys. Okay, it went, it <laughs> no, it probably went... <laughs> Diamond Dogs. That kind of thing. He didn't play on Diamond Dogs, no. Um to edit that out. No, do not <laughs> fucking edit it out. Stop it. <laughs> if we it. had to edit out all your inane comments, we'd have no it, podcast. It last two we? minutes, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's not the first time that's been So, said. Randy Rose, go on YouTube, you'll see him walking around on stage with his right hand... It, well, in his case, probably. His right hand poised aloft. Just a little stage trick, a bit of theatre. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah. Rono was a bit of a legend, wasn't he? We'll have to talk about him at some point. Yeah, definitely. But um, uh, so Randy, obviously legendary for his work with Ozzy Osbourne. But I think the point we're trying to make is mm -hmm. he had a really broad spectrum of right, influences. Yeah. So he, his mother ran the Musonia, if that's how you pronounce it, School of Music. And Randy was a guitar teacher there. In fact, uh, when I wrote a book about Randy a few years ago, I managed to track down some of those people and get sort of first-hand uh, information from them about what it was like to have the great Randy Rhodes sitting down teaching you how to play a D chord kind of thing. And the picture that emerged was of a man who loved teaching. And I notice, I understand this point of view, there are some teachers who would rather not do anything else other than teach because the actual act of imparting information to people and watching them take it up is a wonderful thing. It's very fulfilling. And we'll come back to this point later, but much, much later in the story, Randy actually expressed a, a wish to leave Ozzy's band and go back to just being a teacher. So that shows you what being a teacher meant to him. You know, passing yes. on information. Yes, no, I'd go with that. But I think there were other reasons as well he oh, wanted to leave Ozzy. Yeah, it wasn't the sole reason, just an interesting... Uh, also, as you're saying that, it, it <laughs> crosses my mind that one of the things... When I was researching a book... Yeah. And I also interviewed a lot of Randy's family and friends... Yeah, yeah. This goody two-shoes image just wasn't true. Yeah, right. I mean, he got into a lot of scrapes as a kid. Yeah. The police were called. He set someone's lawn on fire. How do you do that? How do you set someone's lawn on fire? Well, presumably you throw gasoline uh, on it. You need some sort of um, yeah. uh, inflaming. There you go. Yeah, I'll show you later. <laughs> yeah. Do they have people have lawns out in the badlands where you live? Do you know, I, I think they've all been turned into driveways. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they've all been turned into driveways. Cars with bricks under them where the wheels should be. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's warfare. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So uh, so Randy, you know, he, he wasn't a goody two-shoes, but he did come from a good background. And I'm trying... What was the guy's name? Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, the guy um, who what? 
who suggested Randy for the audition with Ozzy. No, I know. It was the bloke from Slaughter. It was. No, was it Mark Slaughter from Slaughter? Dana Strum, that's it. He was named after... He was the guy who invented strumming the guitar. So, in fact, when his friend Dana Strum called Randy and said, listen, Ozzy's looking for a guitarist... Say that in in American. No. Um, Buddy. Randy actually said no. I mean, he was like... He wasn't interested at all. Yeah. And the only reason he turned up for the audition was because they promised that he'd pay for a taxi fare Mm. or pay for his his gas in his car to drive all the way there and back. Just quickly back up and tell me where Ozzy's career was at this point. Pretty much in the dumper. I mean, Black Sabbath had fired him. As Ozzy told me himself... um, Here we go. Oh, Mick. Mick. I was given $90,000 and told to fuck Fuck off. off. (laughs) So, um, as he's telling me this, I kept thinking, $90,000? I'll take it. But I think he went through the whole lot in about a month. Dead rock stars lobbing light grenades into the gloom. Anyway, long story short, Sabbath uh, were being managed by Don Arden, tour managed by Sharon Arden, as she was then. Yes. The big schism, she ends up managing Ozzy. But this is before that had happened. This is when Don was still managing both Sabbath and Ozzy. And in fact, he tried pairing Ozzy with uh, Gary Moore. Why hadn't that worked, Gary Moore? Um, Well, I mean, think about it. Mm. Do you know alpha personalities? Uh, well, one guy who's, you know, an absolute genius on the guitar who's just walked out of Thin Lizzy because they're all fucked up on drugs. I think I know where you're going. And now he's going to work with Ozzy, the most sensible man in the room, who's also just (laughs) been fired from Black Sabbath for being so fucked up on drugs. So if I can ask... The difference being, Lynott could write a song. Yeah, I'm with you. Popular legend has it that Sharon Osbourne, or Sharon Arden as, as, as she was then... Lifted Ozzy out of the pit of despair yeah. in which he had landed. Yeah. And so, therefore, was it as part of this process of getting him up again, finding him a band, managing him, that the Randy Rhodes audition came to pass? Yes. Although I have to keep emphasising, Sharon wasn't de facto manager at this point. She was day-to-day handler yeah, yeah. on behalf of her father. I'm with you. Although that was soon to change. But um, did you notice that burp? No, it didn't come across. You just sort of went... Well, that's how I do it. Unlike you, that is like... <laughs> Joey, burping at will is something that my kids value me for. (laughs) Later on, ask me to burp at will and I will. I don't think I need to. You just generally do, (laughs) usually when I'm talking. Pray continue. So, Ozzy's career is in the dumper. She's trying to build a band around him. Bob Daisley is in and out. The bass player is in and out of the mix. Lee Kerslake, former Uriah Heap drummer, is in and out of the mix. Yeah. Mainly because Lee and Ozzy were, you know, great boozing buddies and Lee was a great drummer. Yeah. Anyway, long story short... Dana Strum does persuade Randy to come along and audition. And, of course, it's one of those classic stories that's been told again and again. Yeah, how yeah, yeah. By the end of it, Ozzy's passed out over the mixing desk. I can't watch another fucking guitar As Randy's... And they play it back later and he gets the gig. But um, at this point, you really do get a, a divergence of opinions because, you know, Ozzy isn't a great lyricist, hasn't written many lyrics, yeah. but is really good at standing there in front of a mic when a band is playing and tra la laring and, you know, hey, you are, you know, mm. melodies and stuff, mm. and then you'd build the lyrics around that. Mm. So he was definitely involved in that process. But according to Bob Daisley, the bassist, who also was the main lyricist, yeah. really all those songs on the first two Aussie solo albums, Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman, mm. were written by Bob and Randy. Yes. And I think that's 
pretty, you know, undeniable. Right, there are some Quiet Riot riffs which reappear in modified form on those two records. There are. There are also, and I love telling this story, the um, riff to Crazy Crazy Train, Train. one of the trademark Randy Rhodes riffs. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? That was nothing like... I was going like... to go with it, but I ran out of steam. Dun, 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 dun. I keep going No, into... that's rubbish. Ba- Joel. Ba- ba- isn't that Van Halen? No, no. Might no. as well jump. <laughs> that's, where I, that's why I stopped, because I found myself doing that. Okay. Randy, bless his heart, pretty much purloined that riff from a very famous Steve Miller song. Good Lord. Which Ian's now going to Google. Is he there? He is, yeah, he's doing it. Is he? Mm. He's, no, he's looking at hey, Google. Yeah. Are you doing the gear? Do you bring the gear? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell! hell, This is great! I was in a toilet at the Rainbow once in LA and with some people who were... And the door burst open and Ozzy came in, (laughs) pushed everybody out of the way to get to where the action was and was like, Who's the fucking rock star here then? Fuck off! Did he do that? And then did the whole lot... (laughs) <laughs> out of the packet so there's none left I'm sure uh, a current Department of Health guidelines don't recommend that no no. least of all in the gentleman's boudoir of the rainbow bar and grill <clears throat> circa 88 oh could be yeah dun 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 come on earn your fee well, what, what does he do? He just—he's like the Steve Albini of, right. of podcasts yeah, isn't yeah, he? yeah 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 literally he's like, he's like I'll somewhere. just press record I don't think he does any editing, does he? Does he do any editing? Don't make me laugh. Here we go. There you go. Holy shit. Feel me? Completely. Didn't know that, did you? No, no. Didn't know that book writing book boy. boy. Well, I had no what fucking idea. Yeah. I had no fucking idea. So, uh, well, as everyone knows, uh, that's Steve no, Miller's no, 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 no. It's not very well known, even by certain people that have written biographies of Randy well, Rhodes. Yeah, that, it, in fact, he'd purloined the I, riff for Crazy Train from a Steve Miller song called Swing Town. Good heavens, bro. Go on YouTube or what's it called? Spotify, whatever yeah. you like right now, children and older children, and play Swing Town by Steve Miller, and you're going to hear Crazy Train. That's amazing. Riff. Did Steve Miller ever have legal recourse or action on this? No, everybody steals from everybody, don't they? Did ACDC sue the cult? For the rift to Wildflower because mm-hmm. it came from rock and roll mm-hmm. singer. Did anyone sue Ed Sheeran for ripping off Marvin Gaye? Did Chuck Berry ever sue ACDC yes, for everything? Have. Sorry, I missed that. I Chuck kind of Berry. shat all over the punchline there. No, don't worry. All it was is that Ed Sheeran has just been sued by the estate of Marvin Gaye for um, a similar song. What one's that then? Let's get it on. Is yeah, similar Ed, to... No, no, what Ed Sheeran's song. Oh, like I know. Um, what was his big hit? What was Thinking his out big, loud. Was it called what, Thinking Out Loud? What was his big hit? Well, he said about likes. four million. It was four million. Fucking four million. I think the song shit. is called Thinking Out Loud. And it goes... I know, I know how <laughs> Thinking Out Loud goes. It's a really good song. And the similarity is, let's get it on. That bit in the Marvin Gaye town. Anyway, the estate of the late Marvin Gaye have sued the not late Ed Sheeran. Have, have they won or is it coming to court? It's pending. Yeah, they're going to lose. Ed, if you're listening, I will come up there and explain to them just exactly where they've gone wrong. Why are you on the side of the devil? I love Ed. Do you? I love Ed. Thinking out loud. I tell you what, in all seriousness, can I tell you something? You may. I'll tell you something. If Glenn Hughes had released that song, you'd have thought it was the greatest thing he'd ever done. 
What a thing to say. It's true. Anyway, we seem to have uh, wandered off the story here. So Randy Rhodes comes in, him and Bob Daisley are writing all these tremendous songs. Mm. Really, Randy's writing the songs and Bob is applying the lyrics. Mm. They come over to London. Randy's never been anywhere outside the United States. His mum, Dee is sending him care packages and he gets homesick. Mm, mm, He's got mm. a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I mean, he really is a fish out of water. Mm. And it's not like he's just been asked to join Eric Clapton's band or or uh, something really organised. You know, he's, mm. he's, <laughs> he's the new guitarist in Ozzy Osbourne's solo band mm. at a time when if yeah. you had any money to lay on the odds at yeah. all. You'd say, well, Ozzy will do two records in one, his first and his last. See, put this in context for me. Sabbath were a big old band, right, in the late 70s. From my point of view, I would think that their singer leaving and starting a solo career, would people go, all oh, right, this is going to be something special because they were such a huge band. Well, well no, they were a really big band in the early right. 70s. So By the time it, you get to the yeah, late 70s, their, their career their is withering on the vine. Yeah. So there was literally no excitement about this. People thought this just won't work. No, there wasn't. I mean, by 1980, you've got ACDC, you've got Iron Maiden, a new wave of British heavy metal, Mm -hmm. Motorhead. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of great stuff going on Mm. in the rock and metal scene. Ozzy is kind of a has-been. And and also, Sabbath came back so strong with Dio. Yeah. You know, by the time you get to April, May 1980, Heaven and Hell is out, and all bets are off. There's a whole new generation that don't really know or care about the Ozzy Osbourne years. You know, we've yeah. mentioned this before. There's still a whole generation that, for them, Heaven and Hell is the ultimate Black Sabbath album. Yes. Speaking as a member yourself. Of Black Sabbath? Of the Dio Appreciation Society. Or the Das. But so Ozzy's a poor bet. I mean, that's why Don, in the end, stuck with Sabbath and yeah. allowed his wayward daughter to have her wicked way with Ozzy because he yeah. was regarded as a complete fucking write-off. Yeah. You know, uh, trying to manage him was like buying a lottery ticket. I mean, you know, it's probably not going to work, you mm. know. <laughs> but because of Randy, now this is the linchpin of the Aussie story, because they had discovered not just a great new guitarist. I mean, yeah. look at all the guitarists Aussie has, in inverted commas, discovered since. <laughs> I mean, Jakey Lee was a great guitarist. Yeah. Zach Wild. Zach Wild was and is. But, true, but how many great original songs has Zach Wild No, you're written? quite right. Yeah, yeah. How many did Jakey Lee write? The success of the Randy discovery was not repeated. No, but it yeah. utterly legitimised Aussie, A, as an artist worth listening to for that audience, mm. but B, at a time when... You really have got Sabbath back on on message with Dio and all these great things happening in rock and metal. Suddenly, Ozzy isn't Ozzy from Sabbath. He's part of that 80s wave as well. Ah, Let me make a contextual observation, if I may. From the research that I put in, probably you knew the stuff anyway without having to research it, but from the people I spoke to, in sort of 77, 78, in Hollywood, at the Troubadour and at Starwood and all those places... The three shredders yeah. who were out and about and doing stuff were obviously Eddie Van Halen. Less known was George Lynch of Dokken. The producers were really I, I, happy. I, I'm, no, I'm nodding, as He's you say. rocking for Dokken. Uh, and then Randy was the third one. So this was all starting to come into vogue, but you didn't yet have Satriani and Vi and, and all, the, all the rest of those sort of mainstream shredders, you know, who were all over the place. The idea of the actual crazy shredding as pioneered by Van Halen hadn't yet come out. So perhaps I put it to you, Mick, I put it to you that when Ozzy picked up Randy 
1980 was the first album, right? And then suddenly you had this incredible guitar hero who who was all over the place, looked like a crazed version of Mick Ronson. That really added to the appeal and that really, really boosted the band. Am I just basically saying what you were going to say anyway? I mean, it was the, no, no, you're, you're, the young you're, gunslinger. You're, you're absolutely right. Oh. I, mean, I mean, I think... Um, Make a note of that. That's the yeah, first time you yeah, said that. The, the only qualification to that I would add <laughs> is... It wasn't just about shredding, you know, because oh, no. yeah. people always go on about the track eruption. Yeah. And I totally get why. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the reason Van Halen became enormously successful. Mm. It was Ain't mm. Talking About Love. Mm. It was Atomic Punk. It was Running With The Devil. Mm. It was because they had great songs. Yes. And so Eddie was the ultimate futuristic at the time guitar hero yeah you know this up until the end of the 70s really the guitar heroes are jimmy page blackmore blackmore these, these are very blues based soulful very much so yeah. it's not about how fast or uh, i mean iomi was the riff master yeah he was the closest i think but even his kind of modus operandi was a a kind of a, what Pantera would later call groove metal or sludge metal. Right. It was it was like a body being dragged from the river where yeah, 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 Eddie yeah. comes along and Randy comes on. It's really, it's really nimble, percussive. Well, they, they had a range of techniques which they brought, which were new, specifically tapping and yeah. dive bombing. That was yeah. Sweet picking, that was kind of new. Whereas I am in the rest of them, incredible guitar players, all of them, but they hadn't done that stuff because they hadn't really come into vogue. No, so they that, hadn't. I mean, and it was a very American phenomenon. Yeah, totally, yeah. You know, it was, and it's no coincidence that Randy and Eddie and George, I think George was an LA boy, was he? Or did he, he probably move down? I don't I'd know. Have to most ask most people producer. come from somewhere else. They but do. The they point do. is, is that that Californian flash, you know, it's no coincidence that, that right. all these guys came from the same place at roughly the same time. Yeah. And really did have that panache and mm. that kind of. Uh, a bit like strutting like, arrogance, like, like a skateboarding thing, you know. Yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to show you these pyrotechnics I can do, but also it will make sense. You know, it's not just just helter skelter crazy mm. stuff that doesn't add up. Mm, mm, which a lot of the guys that came after, you know, arguably, you can say, well, they were brilliant guitarists, but I can't name one of their songs. Right, Ingve Malmsteen, for example. You know, perhaps uh, the most accomplished guitarist on the planet from that genre. But again, you know, not really a, a man whose uh, commercial success has been. Um, Huge. Mm. Dead rock stars. They did it, so we don't have to. So, Ozzy, on the one hand, lucks out because he's got mm. Sharon in one corner, Randy Rhodes in the other. Everybody needs luck. You yeah. know, I mean, it was my good fortune that I met you. Well, <laughs> it may not, not yet turn out to be good fortune. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see what transpires. Sorry, I meant... I do beg your pardon. I mean, it was your, your good, good fortune. fortune to have met me. It was our good fortune to have Sorry, met Sorry, I knew it was one of those. But, okay, you need luck. But what do you do with that luck? Right. You know, and there's mm. that saying. I mean, you're talking about teachers just now. Yeah, yeah. Those that can do. Yeah. Those that can't teach. Yes. Now, that's unfair. In this because case, there is inaccurate. A big, yeah. big, 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 well, yeah. Oh, in this case, yeah, in the yeah. case of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Ozzy's got the four aces in his hand. He's got yeah. the winning hand. Yeah, right. But he still has to go out and work. He yeah. still has to go out and slog. And I think that what can't be overestimated is is this moment where he bites the head off a dove at a CBS Records convention. Yeah. Because Sharon told me that, you know, the reason they were at the convention was because CBS were reluctant even to release the Blizzard of Oz album in America. Mm -hmm. Was the it, it, dove it, a little bit later and the bat came first? No, I'll tell you what Was happened. it that way around? I'm sorry. No, I'll tell you what happened. Was uh, The first album had come out here, I think, end of 80, something yeah, like that. Yeah. They'd done a UK tour. 
your typical uh, Ipswich Gaumont yeah. and Hammersmith Odeon, all very nice. Yeah, yeah. Not a hell of a lot of money, but good PR. The album went top ten, just enough money to keep the whole thing going, really. But the big prize is America, yeah. as it always is for these guys. But come the beginning of 81, they can't get arrested. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still doing very small shows. Mm-hmm. CBS, you know, you could release the greatest record of all time. If if the record company doesn't catch their attention, yeah. no one will know. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is simply how it works, particularly in America. Mm. So she's desperate. What can she do to get noticed? And she told me she was in meetings where she had eminent A&R people at CBS, then one of the biggest labels in the world, yeah. saying to her, you, want, you expect us to get behind Ozzy Osbourne. You know, mm. just like, get the fuck out of my office. Mm. I'm do- too busy doing coke with the Eagles. Yeah. You know? So um, the whole point of that CBS convention was to make a splash. Yeah. The idea was Ozzy had three doves in his pockets and he was going to release them. Whose <laughs> bright idea was this? Sharon's. I mean, Don Arden told mm. me it was his idea. Sharon told me it was her idea. Ozzy told me he had no fucking idea. Okay. He didn't even know he had a dove in his pocket. <laughs> he drank a bottle of brandy on the way to the convention and as he's sitting there, he said there was this woman from CBS sitting next to him who wouldn't shut up. She just oh. kept, oh, oh, Ozzy, oh, God, oh, God, I love seven, oh, God, Ozzy, oh, God. And then and in the end, he was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So he pulls out this dove to let it go, and it, it's already dead. Ah, it's already brown, brown. Suffocated. So he just shoves the head in his mouth. Pulls it off, and there's a great series of photos. Oh, yes. It's like, capture, Same capture, capture. Yeah, the, you the, see her her face when the dove comes out. She's like, oh, God, oh, God. And then he bites the head off. She's like, ah, <laughs> ah. And security come, and, you know, he gets escorted from the building. Sharon told me it was on the TV news that yeah, night. Yeah, And she said the very next day, the album started shifting 5,000 a day, 10,000 a day. So you need luck. You need application. The application of teeth to bird. Uh, You need all kinds of crazy shit to happen for Mm, you. mm, mm. But if Randy hadn't written those amazing songs with Bob, then at the end of the day, it would have been a one-off outrage and that's the end of that. But it was the spark that started the fire. You know, and I listened through that record today to reacquaint myself and it's full of bangers from start to finish. It really is. Yeah. Remind us, Crazy Train? I don't know. Revelation? Yeah. Mr. Crowley? Uh, Even D. Of a, the a, a the acoustic, acoustic instrumental, yeah. Yeah, we are, which he wrote for uh, his, mother. his mother. Mr. Crowley has that awesome intro, and I think Rick Wakeman played that piano. Really? No, I think it was Don Airy, wasn't it? It was Don Airy? What the fuck are you talking about, Ian? Um, <laughs> Don Airy played that intro, inspired by Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman had played on Black Sabbath albums, yeah. but not for about that, eight years. That's what the producer was thinking of when he, when he said that. He was busy doing his hair at the time. Yeah. For Christ's sake. Don Airy, what a man. Anyway, it's terrifying. It's like it's quite clockwork orangey, that intro, I always think. Yeah, no, deliberately yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Right, right. Deliberately so. All right, good. Hell of a record. Yeah. All right, so when was the bat then? The bat on stage in Iowa. When did that take place? Well, uh, straight after the dove thing, yeah. this whole ball starts to roll. Yeah. And people start turning up at Aussie shows with animal parts. <laughs> uh, one gig, a guy turned up with a pig's head. Bloody hell. Um, there were also all kinds of protests outside yeah. the shows, that, especially down in the south. Now, what I heard later, and don't forget Don Arden was like, uh, what's that movie that everybody loves? The Godfather. No, about the circus guy this year, the new movie, Mr. La La Land. The Last Showman. Don reminds me always of the character in The Last Showman. Don was uh, Don was like one of those promoters. He was like, you know, 
the uh, the guy in the last oh, showman. Oh, the last showman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That movie you've never fucking heard of. I, I doubt it exists. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good to have your finger on the fucking pulse. Is all I'm saying. Uh, so um, I do a lot of that. He was a great promoter. You know, you're talking Colonel Tom Parker. You're talking. Yeah. I mean, Don had been in a, one of the original black and white minstrels in the UK. Oh yeah. You know, he toured with Tommy Cooper. He managed Little Richard and Gene Vincent. This guy promoted. Okay, I mean, when Gene Vincent, with his gammy leg, <laughs> was too drunk to get on stage, they used to gaffer tape him to the microphone stand <laughs> because once the first number had begun, they had to pay him. Blimey. So Don would drag him out there, yeah, smack him yeah, around yeah, a bit, yeah. gaffer tape him to the microphone stand, and then as soon as you're... <laughs> they go, all right, all right, he can't do it, he's gone, he's blacked out, and they'd have to get paid. Oh. So Don... It absolutely ramps it up. Yeah. Sharon ramps it up. Yeah, Ozzy, yeah. he is the Antichrist. Yeah. He bit the head off a poor defenceless dove. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh my God! Ah! Oh God! <laughs> so suddenly people are bringing animal parts and things like that. Brilliant. Ozzy reckons that someone had thrown a bat onto the stage. Yeah. And he told me that he thought it was a toy bat. How did he say it? He said, I thought it was a fucking toy bag. <laughs> I thought it was made of rubber. I said, what's Bill doing here? <laughs> so, um, and he picked it up thinking it was a toy, shoved it in his mouth, because obviously this is now the shtick. Part of the deal, yeah. He yeah. said, and it started flapping. And oh, this, and this please. Is, and this is true. He says, as it starts flapping, I had to pull it out of his mouth and its head came off. Oh. And I said, what did it taste like? And he said, <laughs> I swear to God, he went, it tasted like a fucking Ronald McDonald. <laughs> That's... Like, so weirdly expressed as well. I find that really disturbing. What kind of bat was it? Was it a pipistrelle? I think it had cheese and onion on its head. (laughs) I removed the gherkins first. Came in a sesame bun. How do you get a bat to a gig? How how is this done? Fuck knows. Who knows? I mean, how do you bring a severed pig's head to a gig? He also, in Mm. fairness, they then started taking a catapult on stage with them and they would load it up with offal and halfway through the show... Joel McIver, the no, ultimate... it's actually not my phone. Oh, it's me. Shit. Fucking Mick Wall. <laughs> I, I can't work with amateurs. <laughs> and, and children I can't and work with animals. amateurs. I can't work so, with pigs on a stick. Yeah, so I can't work with offal. <laughs> so they bring this catapult to the show, load up on offal, and about halfway through the show, they would fire the catapult and the offal into the God, audience. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dead Rock Stars with Mick Wall and Joel McIver. In relation to Randy. Yeah, yeah, we should get back to him. At this point, you have to picture this guy who I think is 21 at the time, something like that. He is an extraordinarily gifted, not just guitarist, but musician. Cerebral composer, man as well. Composer. Thinker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also a japester. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, you know, he got into trouble with the cops when he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I saw uh, some pictures we, of him. We've all it. done it. We've all done it. <laughs> yeah, we've all smashed we've these all up. Done it. I saw a few photos of him, which most people have not seen. Right. Of him uh, in an intoxicated uh, sort of state of mind doing okay. things. Okay, that's good. So to get you. back to what I was saying, um, here's this guy. He's come up with this dynamite rock stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's a definitive guitarist of the moment. Yeah. And he's on stage with a guy firing awful into the crowd oh. and the crowd throwing severed pig's heads and God knows what else back on the stage. There's also people picketing the shows. Yeah. As, as, now, this was my point about Don, the last showman. Oh, he was like in that film, wasn't he? I heard mm. that Don <laughs> would ring up the local Christians and stuff and oh, say, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne's coming down, what are you going to do about it? I mean, this is disgusting. Yeah, call yourself Christians or what? And they'd be out there picketing, and That's of course then it would hit the local news, I and all the it. kids would want to go. I really admire this, actually. Yeah, there you, go. you have to do it. But in the middle of all this is Randy, who, mm-hmm. who frankly, yeah. as a young guy, is probably wondering, what the fuck has he signed up to? He didn't, well, he didn't sign up for that, that's for sure. The he worst was, he'd yeah. ever known was big-headed Kevin DeBrow. I mean, you know... <laughs> Randy thought that's about as fucking bad as it gets, right? And then he's in Aussie's band and he's got this confliction where he's he's like a dude. Yeah, you know, he's on. like a dude on a stage. Go with this. And and but he's with these you know, these kind of assholes in the audience. These guys, they don't know anything about art. They don't know my music, man. <laughs> and they don't even like Steve Miller's swing time. Here, have this out. Dun 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 so poor old Randy, you know, he's making money, but not like the zillions you'd imagine now. No. I mean, they're still all travelling on the tour bus. Yeah. Sharon, smart, smart, intelligent, brilliant woman. Mm. She actually, while they were waiting for things to come together in America, which was taking forever, put them back in the studio hastily yeah. and recorded more material, which then becomes the second album, Diary of a Madman. Mm, that. That's already in the can before the first American tour has even started. Right. Before the first dove has been decapitated. The dove from above. Yeah. That album's done. So they're on the road, they're on the road, they're doing bigger venues, bigger venues, they're opening for people, yeah. and here comes the second album. And I think the first one eventually sold about 5 million copies in America. Mm, mm, mm. And the second one does about the same, I believe. Mm. But, of course, the second one then also coincides with 
what becomes far less funny. I mean, not not remotely funny, you know, but this terrible event that also hits the news, which also propels the album ever higher up the charts, but which kind of fucks the whole thing up, which is, of course... The death of Randy in March 1982. Yeah. Still an incredibly shocking thing to happen. I mean, you know, for those who don't know what happened, they were touring in uh, the southern states of America. I believe they wound up in Florida at some Mm, point, which I can't remember, but down there somewhere. And the uh, driver of the tour bus in which they were traveling stopped off at a place where he had a small plane stored or parked or whatever the word is. And uh, he uh, suggested that they go up for a spin. And they did two trips, first of which, uh, do you know what? I can't remember the exact details of who went up. You sure they did two? Yeah, because the first one was all right, right? They went up and it was fine, they came down. And then he did a second one, which was not all right. I think the the pilot's name was Andrew Aycock. And he asked Ozzy and possibly Sharon if they wanted to come up in the plane. I think they were either asleep or said no, one of those things. Both, I think. Yeah, so Randy and uh, their seamstress jumped in the plane with Andrew Aycock. They went up uh, for a spin and for a laugh, apparently, the pilot decided to buzz the bus. In other words, to fly very close to it and sort of swoop down and miss in order to give the people inside a fright. However, he did not miss. They came down at an angle. So think about a plane. Its wings were sort of at an angle and the bottom wing clipped the bus, ripped that wing off. They sort of flew forward a bit more, hit a tree and then crashed into a building, which was there, some residential home. Exploded instantly because that's what aviation fuel does. And they were killed instantly. So the pilot, Rachel, I think Rachel Youngblood was her name, and Randy. And um, I'm not really sure whether this is in good taste or not, but uh, you can see uh, the coroner's report for Randy online. I mean, the guy was 25. Where do you start? Here we are again, like we were talking about Cliff Burton the other day. The shock of it is immense after all these years later. They continued the tour, am I right? Ozzy wanted to knock it on the head. Yeah, Sharon said no. Uh, Sharon said no. Sharon said, you must be joking. For the same reason, uh, essentially, as Metallica carried on. Yeah, yeah, Because as anybody would carry on. They had to carry on. They didn't have the money not to carry on. Yeah. Don Arden was at war with his daughter by this point. They weren't getting any money from the record sales. The only money they were getting was the cash they were picking up by doing the shows. So although Ozzy, uh, understandably, went, uh, you know, had a kind of a a nervous breakdown and said, that's it, I'm done, Sharon uh, grabbed him and pushed him out on stage again, as she did on many other occasions throughout his career. For which he he now thanks her, of course, because otherwise that would have been another death, if you like. But just something I'd add to that, because Sharon told me some things over the years. And, you know, the reason they were sleeping was it was really early in the morning. The driver had been driving all night. He'd also, at the previous stop, picked up his ex-wife, who apparently he'd been rowing with all the way to the next stop. Mm. There's some suggestion that he was helping himself stay awake. And I, think, I, I should add, I think a blood test was done and a, a, a tiny amount of coke was found in his bloodstream. I think it was not viewed as a significant amount, but it was a small amount. Right. Um, Pending checking. And Sharon said, you know, it sounded to her as if he, the reason he was buzzing the bus was to try and terrify his ex-wife. Oh, OK. The tour continued with... So they bring in Bernie Torme from the UK, who'd uh, most recently at that point been a member of Gillen. Yeah. 
the post-purple Ian Gillan band. Um, they had some chart success, top of the pops appearances over here, but really meant nothing in America. Yeah. But Bernie was young. He was flash. He wasn't, mm. you know, in the same league in terms of musicianship as Randy. No, what boots to fill, you know. But he made up for it th- with great stage presence. Yeah. He was very flash, run around, looked great. But Bernie at that time, the reason he'd left Gillen was he had a promising solo career or certainly his own band that he was going to front because yeah. he had that eye patch and he looked very piratical, yeah. very kind of new romantic heavy metal. Mm. So he only comes in on a real kind of fill-in basis. There's a pause and then they bring in Brad Gillis. What was his history? Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Much more technically gifted, but God bless him, not the best, shall we say, visual foil. <laughs> Nicely um, No, he was a great player, yeah. very nice man, mm. but, you know, we're not talking Randy or Bernie. Sure. And you just get this huge career hangover for Ozzy, whereby it's probably not until you get to the No More Tears album, yeah. you know, maybe 10 years later, where he's now got, you know, Lemmy coming in, helping yeah. him write songs yeah. and other people coming in and, and, and adding uh, some real depth to what he's doing. That as a serious artist, his mm. his career really recovers. I mean, the whole Dove and Bat thing had firmly put him into the category of, you know, wild man of rock, yeah. clown of rock. Mm. But the Randy thing added real depth and solidity. You know, imagine if Randy and Cliff Burton were in the same band. Oh, you, know, you, know. you know, you're talking something mind-boggling. Uh, well, yeah. Well, well that, they, they would have gone off and played classically for the progressive music. <laughs> and it would have been incredible, but difficult, probably. Well, also, he had that mind-boggling aspect to his presentation mm. until yeah. Randy died. And, of course, then all the stories come out about how Randy was going to leave anyway. Yes. You know, he was, wanted to go back to Musonia and teach. That well, that's what he said. Yeah. You know, I've left jobs where I've said... I'm really sorry. You know, I, I, My ambition I, lies elsewhere. Yeah, I, I feel I, I need more to quiet time. I need quiet time. Mm. I time, need to... Time to consider my next move. Yeah, I need to lurk in darkness for some considerable time. Hang upside down? Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and never do anything like this again until someone I actually really like comes along. Yeah, well, the money's better. I don't think Randy was about to quit and become a teacher. I think that's a ludicrous suggestion. Do you think so? Oh, fuck I think it yeah. holds water, and I think his girlfriend confirmed it, but I know. You're, su- yes, I you're such a lovely, innocent down little <laughs> man, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, once his, again, the scale's his, falling from my eyes, his, thanks to Mick Bloody War. His girlfriend, was this the same girlfriend he had the night he shagged Sharon? I could neither confirm or, or deny. Or possibly other young ladies, you know. Let's be honest, you know, he'd done two albums with Ozzy, he'd done two really big tours. Yeah. He'd made his bones. Mm. It's time to move on. I wonder what he would have done then. Would he gone have hooked up with... Uh, well, who? I don't know. Anybody he liked is a simple mm. answer to that. Maybe he was just sick of the oddborn, you know, Sharabank. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. I mean, I toured with Ozzy around that time. And what I loved him. Were you playing at the time? What was your I loved him to bits. Uh, but, you know, the thought of two solid years having to put up with all that. And don't forget, Ozzy had been fired from Sabbath because even they couldn't fucking yeah, deal with him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Don Arden treated him like an utter twat because that's what he thought he was. It was just that single-mindedness of Sharon who saw it as her own opportunity to make a mark on the world. Yeah, right, right, right. And, of course, obviously she was, you know, getting a massive share of the spoils as his wife yeah, and manager. right, right. She couldn't play a classical guitar, an amazing shredding guitar. Her brilliant talent was management, in particular managing and marrying this incredibly volatile artist. Mm-hmm. Sharon talks of those days of carrying uh, mattresses 
from one room to another because Ozzy had been pissing the bed so heavily from mm. being drunk all the time. Mm. He'd ruined the mattress. It's nice, isn't it? You have to remember what it was like. If Gary Moore can walk away from Thin Lizzy because Phil Lynott and Scott Gorham are nodding out all the time on heroin, yeah. trust me, sensitive 22-year-old Randy Rose, or 25-year-old <laughs> Randy Rose, yeah, yeah. you know, could easily have walked away from Ozzy. Reputation, sky high, sky's the limit. He'd have been offered millions just to do a solo record. Mm, mm, you know, mm, this mm. guy would have then, I don't know, maybe he'd have been, instead of Steve Vai, it would have been Randy Rhodes in David Lee Roth's Possibly, band. yeah. White Snake. you know, they're, they're, all those bands. Yeah. Steve Clark dies, Randy Rhodes joins, you know, the Dio. You know, there's a million ways sure. he could have gone, yes. including, I think, most especially for him, as a solo artist. Yeah, he could have been like Greg Howe or one of those amazing people who did solo stuff that people... In the guitar community, recommend. I've, I've never yeah. heard of Delito Greg. Howe. I know. Delito Who the fuck bollocks. is Greg Howe? Exactly. He could. Hang on. Joel McIver <laughs> says, as long as Greg Howe was involved, I think it could have been awesome. Out of interest, who is Greg Howe? A shredder of note. Clearly, you've not heard of the Last Showman. But you've heard of Greg uh, Howe. So, what we normally do at the end of this podcast is we assign marks out of five stars. Do we not, Mick? Uh, we do, we to, do. We to do the, yeah. On the subject to the person who we've been talking about. Now, mm, when mm. it comes to Randy Rhodes, let's look at his image. Was he a star? Was there some star quality there? I think there was. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, compared to some of the lunatics that followed him on stage over the years, you could say he was understated. But right, no, no, right, he, right, right. He, yeah. he was very charismatic, had that wonderful blonde hair, yeah. that whole Mick Ronson vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think he was one of those kind of humble but heavy, yeah. serious, exciting guys, yeah. you know, guitarist. Uh, what we haven't said, he was, he was a tiny little bloke, right? He wore he the platform was, yeah. heels, you know, and yet so much talent, so much presence emanated from this he, small fellow. He famously had a 22-inch waist. Crikey. Mm. I think my arm is as... All right, no, no. Yeah. OK, yeah. good. Uh, did we say how many stars? I'm going to say five. He wasn't... No, you know what? I'm going to uh, say four. I thought, rather thought you yeah. might. Yeah, I mean, you know. OK, good. What about his influence? Huge. I mean, re really, really huge. Forget I mean, all the guitar pyrotechnics. You know, what about the sort of the bigger thing? The amazing songwriting, the incredible sort of recording techniques, the kind of... Guy on the side who was the amazing foil to the, to the singer. It, it, it's hard to gauge because, you know, he only did those two albums yeah. and they were both Ozzy Osbourne albums. Yeah. But his impact was huge. Mm -hmm. Certainly the immediate effect was to, along with Eddie Van Halen, transform the actual sound of rock music yes. in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say his influence was massive. I think if you look at the lineage of Ozzy guitarists, yeah. they've all been in his shadow. Yeah. Well, Zach Wilde will tell you that, you know, straight out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one that ever came close to having his uh, own kind of uh, opposite to Randy vibe mm, was mm, Jakey mm. Lee. Yeah. And Jake, bless him, didn't quite come up to, you know, in terms of composition, yeah. come up with the sort of heavyweight stuff that Randy did. Yeah. Righty-ho. Did we do a mark? Uh, no. What is the mark for that? For what? Uh, his influence. I'm going to say four. Yeah. Now, look, here's an interesting one. Taste for excess. As far as we know, he, he didn't really consume anything that he shouldn't have been consuming. Did no, he? I don't. I, no. Did I, he I drink, mean, really? No, he not smoke. really. No, no. Oh, he he smoked cigarettes. very heavy cigarette smoker, does that count? <laughs> well, in those days, it didn't. No. no I know, I know, in those yeah, days, yeah. that's like saying he drank a lot of milk. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, there was nothing uh, illegal or weird about that. Well, Everybody then, smoked. In those days, it was weird if you didn't smoke. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's a zero. I'd say one. 
Because let, let's, you know, right. I'm sure... He probably had a few crafts. Behind yet. closed doors, he may have just added a little something to his well, Ribena. Well, as I mentioned earlier, he was, he, I, I've seen photos of him pissed and passed out at a party, so there you go. I've seen photos of you pissed and passed <laughs> out at a party. We were swiftly on. Uh, death as a career move, something that our uh, producer always puts in, which I think is highly cynical, but actually it kind of works. You, you always say this. You, this is your favourite question. I feel guilty about You it. always say, oh, Ian puts this one in. This is his favourite <laughs> question next to, would he have been as good as Greg Howe? Greg Howe, great guitar player. Unknown. Uh, death um, as a career move. I mean, he was only 25. People still talk about him. As a career, I think I'm going to have to say five. Mm. I mean, not for him personally, but as a legend, we're into the James Dean thing. Yeah, right. You know, People still play Rhodes guitars. Came I mean, out with that shape as well, which is new. And you know, he didn't live long enough to give us a duff uh, phoning it in performance. True. And without him, Ozzy arguably would never have had a solo career. Right. Right. So there you go, Ozzy Osbourne. So I'd won. say five. Right. Thank you very much for remembering to give a number. Yeah. You no, didn't remember to ask uh, me on any of those. No, I, I, I try yeah. not to talk to you, make fun. Okay. Well, there we go, everyone. Uh, I think we've been talking. To, I, I'm always left with a profound sense of kind of sadness at the end of these things because we. That's because like, they're all dead, well, Joel. They're dead, mate. Yeah, but they're dead. A, Move a, on. Yes, but there is a way of dying that makes no one sad and the way to do that is to live to be very very old have a long happy productive life and then die in your sleep you this really is the opposite are you this, really are a man of sweet innocence no no you? not at all I'm saying no most, one most lives people like don't that. oh come on there's a few people who check out in that kind of peaceful yeah, way n- name one well, I don't know my grandmother that kind of person I don't what mean band was she in <laughs> Well, she's actually very well known. No. Yeah, her okay. and Greg Howe. Greg and Greg yeah. Howe. Yeah. All right, good. Well, everyone, uh, thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Uh, please share the heck out of uh, wherever you found this podcast. Do comment, do contact us. We love hearing from you. How do we get from Randy Rhodes to our next dead rock star? Now, listen up. Both Randy and our next dead rock star were born on the west coast of the USA. For Randy, though, it was quite a bit further south than our next artist. While Randy had to go to a guy from England to get famous, now this is a good one, our next dead rock star had to go to England itself to get famous. While Randy was the guitar sidekick to a famous frontman, our next dead rock star was a singer and a gunslinger combined. And finally, both Randy and our next dead rock star totally reinvented guitar playing for their respective generations. This has been a seven digital production. Big thank you to our fragrant producer, Ian Callahan, and his hair. Joel, just say goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.